0: All right, episode number 11, preventing burnout and keeping your coaching fresh. Today, my friends, is all about you. So we've spent a lot of time talking about the FRs, but today is gonna focus all on you. Maybe you've been at the activity coaching game for some time now, and you're feeling a little burned out on coaching reps. Or are your FR stories, excuses, or even their successes all starting to sound the same so much so that you're finishing their sentences for them in your own mind? Are you wondering what's next for you in your career path? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you have tuned into the right podcast today. We are going to address these questions and more because heaven knows Sabina and I have both experienced all of these things ourselves, right, Sabina?
1: Yes, indeed. (laughs) And I think, let's face it, the very nature of activity coaching can sometimes be repetitive and, dare I even say, sometimes tedious because you're kind of covering the same ground and trying to keep it fresh. So absolutely, I've been really excited about this episode.
0: Good. But with any type of coaching, burnout is real. So there are times when coaching Will give you positive energy. And let's be honest, there are times when it can be a major energy drain as well. If you're a great coach, then you care deeply about your reps, which means their successes and their challenges can end up being your successes and your challenges as well. Or they get to be your successes and challenges depending on how you look at it. So how you manage the mental and emotional side of being a coach can make all the difference for you and those that you are coaching. Joining our conversation today is Kylie McKinney. Hi, Kylie. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, Kylie completed her master's degree in sport and performance psychology before she joined the Goris office at Northwestern Mutual. And in this master's program, she learned to work with individuals to foster the mental skills necessary to reach peak performance, whether in sports, school, and in life in general. She led sessions that focused on building confidence, decreasing negative self talk, increasing motivation, and effective goal setting. Sounds like a pretty helpful background if you're going to be an activity coach. While her studies focused mainly on helping athletes, once she graduated, she was excited to transfer her knowledge to the business world. And at the Goris Agency, Kylie works as the full time activity coach coaching new FRs in much the same capacity that she worked with athletes, helping them develop the mindset, skills, and habits that are necessary to have a successful career. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Your role as activity coach itself isn't necessarily unique in the NM system from the viewpoint that you are coaching three days a week, 15 minutes each. You're following the recommended five-step process, etc. But what is unique is that your full-time role is activity coaching. So you coach reps all day long. For many people across the system, it really is part of a larger role, and maybe they coach for two, three hours max a day. I know you're also responsible for additional data tracking, 25-day reviews, recognition, those sorts of things, but the majority of your day is spent coaching reps. So tell us how many FRs you typically coach at any given time and across how many offices, how many hours a day?
2: Yes, absolutely. So I coach across four different offices, And it usually fluctuates between 20 and 30 FRs at a time. And I'm usually in direct coaching meetings. I don't know, depending on the day,
0: four to six hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs)
1: That is a lot.
0: (laughs) That is a lot. And I do think that's unique. I think most people aren't coaching that much. So I felt you are going to be the perfect guest today to talk about our topic around burnout. But before we jump into that, tell us what you love about your job. What do you like about activity coaching?
2: Well, What I love about activity coaching is the same reason I went into sports psychology, right? Which is just, I absolutely love helping people succeed. As humans, we tend to be our own worst enemies whenever it comes to succeeding at things. And I just love helping people step out of their own way so that they can really get what they want out of life and the business.
0: I love that. Helping people step out of their own way. That's so true. (laughs) So how has burnout showed up for you? Like, what does that look like for you personally? Yeah. So
2: I would say, I mean, 2020 was a rough year for for most people, right? Mm -hmm. But I think 2020 is really the year I experienced burnout for the first time. And it started with just impaired concentration and attention. I started procrastinating really small, easy tasks that I never had trouble completing before. And I wasn't feeling great about myself as a worker and an employee as I was procrastinating things. And then because I wasn't feeling great about myself, I started doubting myself as a coach, which spiraled into just becoming increasingly pessimistic about my job. I dreaded almost every single coaching meeting I had. And I started really owning FR struggles as my own struggles. And I mean, at one point I really just wanted to quit my job and basically move away across the country and leave all my responsibilities behind. On top of all of that, at this point, I really had no clue it was burnout, which is kind of ironic because it's something we covered in my master's program. I'm very aware of what burnout is and what to look for, but I was clueless that that's what was happening to me.
0: Yeah. Sometimes when you're so close to it, you're so mired in the details. It's hard to recognize it yourself. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And so I think it took weeks, if not months,
0: to realize that's what was happening and it may have been you Heather that pointed out that it was burnout. <laughs> yes, we have had the opportunity to do some work together and I think we're going to talk a little bit about some strategies to prevent burnout in just a minute. But I could really relate to not looking forward to the next day. I think when you start realizing when you're doing the same thing but you're starting to go, "Ugh, tomorrow," right? It's just it's a terrible feeling and I think we've all experienced that, but that's a great sign, right? A good indicator that you're starting to feel some of that burnout. I know for me too personally I would get annoyed easily and kind of short in my responses. Like I was becoming impatient with the people that I was coaching and kind of eye rollish, <laughs> which isn't a great thing when you want to be an effective coach. Also, I would find myself stopping or not pushing back as hard or challenging. I just kind of like nod my head and say, okay, yep, all right. Because when you don't care, that's sort of what you do, right? You just nod your head. And I noticed I would stop challenging people, just going through the motions, kind of writing people off. Sabina, anything on your end when you've experienced burnout, what does it look like for you?
1: It's much the same. I think you're spot on in that I stop pushing back a little bit. I'm kind of like, oh, here we go again. It just is like the excuses just feel like they each weigh a ton. And I'm just like, I cannot listen to this one more time. Mm-hmm. You know. And I do, I lose some patience and I'm a pretty patient person, but I just get annoyed and I feel like I'm just going through the motions. And you know that's never fair to... It's not fair to you. It's not fair to the rep. And especially with the people who are maybe struggling a little bit more. I'm like, just do it. Come on. So that's for sure part of it.
0: Yeah. And I know when we were discussing this topic and having it, you know, wanting to talk about it, we were discussing what are some of the things that you do to prevent burnout. But I don't think we ever thought about what causes burnout. I mean it's not one of the questions that I said we were going to discuss, but I think it's important to, I mean, and we can all take turns, but Kylie, when you think about what was causing your burnout, we talked about what it looked like, but what do you think initiated it?
2: Well, 2020 was rough for everyone, but I think there was just so much unknown out there with the pandemic I'm thinking of in the summer. I don't want to get too political, but with the George Floyd stuff that was happening, there was just so many unknowns. And I, wasn't taking care of myself like I needed to. And I was probably reading news articles way more than is necessary. And I wasn't unplugging. I think that's huge in life now. You have to take a couple hours, at least a day where you just aren't on electronics or
0: social media or whatever that may be. Yeah. Or for me, I know it's just the constant interaction, depending on whether you're introverted or extroverted. I am a little more introverted. And I think that the constant interaction with people actually does drain me. So if I don't take time for myself, so when my schedule gets too full, I know that is what can cause it. Let's talk about some of the things that you do to prevent or to overcome burnout, because I think we're going to get to the cause of the cause will kind of lean into that. So what have you done to prevent burnout?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing is self-awareness, because as soon as I knew I was burnt out, then I could start working on how to get out of that. So I think the first way to prevent it is to realize what your earliest signs of burnout are. Mine, I think, is procrastinating easy tasks that I usually wouldn't procrastinate. I think once that starts happening, I know that burnout is about to come, and so I need to start taking care of myself.
0: That's actually really good. I never thought about that, to be honest. When I think about it, I probably start procrastinating some of those tasks too a little bit. So that's a good indicator. I'm going to have to pay more attention to that myself. What else? What are some of the other preventative things?
2: Besides self-awareness, I think the easiest way to prevent burnout is just to take care of yourself. I don't think there's anything super revolutionary I have to share with you. It's all about the little things, right? Like eating right, exercising, getting enough sleep. I think sometimes we forget that we're humans and we're not machines and the little things really add up. And it's those little things. You know you're supposed to eat, right? Exercise and sleep enough for your physical health, but it's also so important for your mental and emotional health
0: as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. I don't even think those are small things. I think those are Huge things. I know they are for me. And that's part of preventing, but also overcoming. Even once I'm in burnout, I realize I have to take a step back and look at how much am I stepping away? How much am I sleeping? What am I eating? What am I putting in my body? And it's funny because when you think about being a good activity coach, are you really thinking about (laughs) our daily eating habits, exercise habits, all of those things? But that is what gives us energy and makes us feel fulfilled. And when we feel healthy, we can give ourselves, obviously, to others.
1: The other thing that I think we're always doing is modeling behavior for the reps we're coaching, right? So if they like people sense when you're getting burned out and you're just going through the motions because they feel it too, right? I mean, that's a high stress, high pressure job. And I think one of the other things is you're kind of in the middle of expectations of the reps that you're coaching, but also expectations from the leadership team that you report to. So you're kind of squeezed in the middle sometimes. And when the reps aren't necessarily performing up to par, you end up taking some of the heat for that, sometimes from the leadership team, which I think can cause some stress too. And and I think for me, one of the things was always having a personal goal outside of the office, like something that I was challenging myself with, some kind of self-development, some kind of reading, and we're going to talk more about that later. But if I'm not learning something new that I can pass on, then I do get bored and burnt out
0: myself. Mm -hmm. So I think I hear you, Sabina, saying... Your own personal development. And Kylie, you and I have had conversations about that as well. When you're working on yourself and you're green and growing, it's easier to help others do that. So if you're not in a study group, I think study groups are a fantastic way to stay fresh. It gives you an opportunity to talk to somebody else in your role that is having the same challenges, sharing successes, ideas, et cetera. So I would encourage you to look for a study group. Keep a smile file. I know that sounds silly, but I still have a smile file from 20 years ago when I used to coach and I love it. And I don't pull it out often enough, but every once in a while when I'm organizing and cleaning and I find it at the bottom of my file cabinet, I go through it. It really does give me energy. That's why we do what we do, right? We want to have an impact on others. And when people send us those little notes, they mean a ton. So don't throw them away. Put them somewhere where you can see them and revisit them. I think that's an excellent strategy. And then the other thing I would add is personal professional development in the form of, Sabina, you mentioned books, right? But podcasts, right? Hopefully those of you that are dialing in today have been listening to all of the podcasts. We've gotten wonderful feedback and actually Sabina and I are keeping a smile file on all the nice emails and texts and whatnot that we've been getting from people. Look for videos, look for YouTube videos, different courses you can take, books. We have a couple suggestions for you that we'll share at the end. But you know, again, keep your own personal and professional development green and growing, and you'll be able to help others more so do the same. Sabina, so anything you would add strategy-wise?
1: Absolutely. And the other thing is to think about when was the last time you challenged yourself to something that really like made you a little nervous or that you thought you might fail at? Or... Because most of us who coach aren't financial reps. But that doesn't mean we can't be doing something in our lives that is that level of difficulty. You know, like I think of running a marathon or doing something that you've never done before where you have to push yourself, you have to follow a plan that gets you excited about something. And I'm a big fan of quotes. I'm surrounded by them. You'd think I was a geek. I mean, looked around my office, they're everywhere. I mean, because I think reading something quickly can instantly change your mindset. And so I would encourage you just to get a great motivational quote book and keep it on your desk because that's simple but easy to do.
0: Yeah keeps you motivated for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, we know that coaching can be mentally and emotionally exhausting and sometimes the reps, they can be struggling, right? And they might have financial issues or personal issues, or maybe they're even failing out of the business. And it can go in waves where maybe you only have one rep that's in that situation. But sometimes, unfortunately, you could have a handful of reps that are all struggling at the same time. And the weight of that can be very heavy. Kylie, do you do anything specifically to manage the mental pressure of the role?
2: Yes, absolutely. So, first and foremost, I got my own coach. And I'm saying coach with air quotes because she's actually my therapist. But I realized that although we are making progress around therapy, there's still so much stigma around it. So, if therapy isn't for you, find someone else, just a neutral third party that you can talk to on a regular basis. And maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a professional coach whatever it is, whoever that person is, for me, I need to have someone that I can go to with my issues,
0: whatever they may be. That's a great idea. My husband would probably mm-hmm. appreciate that. <laughs> 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 oh, having that outside person. Something I thought about too, that was back to what Sabina had said earlier about having your own challenge and stepping outside of that. I think that's good for us mentally too, right? It makes us feel good about ourselves, but it also makes us more relatable right? To the reps when they see that we're struggling too, or that we're stepping outside our comfort zone. It helps us improve, but it also makes us more relatable. My big thing is watching what you tell yourself, right? Self-talk. Kylie, you and I had a conversation not too long ago, and you said you had to realize that you couldn't help everybody every single meeting, right? Like every meeting you had wasn't going to be a breakthrough meeting. When you're meeting with somebody three times a week, every meeting isn't going to be this amazing meeting with all of these fantastic <laughs> results and you've left them feeling inspired. And I think we're hard on ourselves in terms of what we expect, right? And what we expect of others. And- when you said that, it just really resonated with me in that I'm hard on myself. I expect every meeting to be so inspirational and it just isn't realistic. So watching our self-talk and what we tell ourselves and managing our own expectations too. Sabina?
1: I couldn't agree more because I have found when I feel like I have to fix everything and that's when I really start to, like I can feel my shoulders creep up and you know all of that. And I think what I've learned over the years is sometimes people just need someone to listen to them. Right. Like some of the best coaching meetings I've had are the ones where I talked the least. Right. Like I just asked a couple of questions and it's almost like therapy in some ways, but they just people need to be heard. And I think sometimes those little coaching meetings, you may not solve a huge problem or have a breakthrough, but someone feels heard as a result of that.
0: Yeah. That piece is so important. We've talked about the roles of an activity coach. And it's funny because we do say that one of the roles isn't being their therapist. And then we joke, right? We Mm -hmm. do say that there's a difference between being a therapist and allowing them to be heard, right? I mean, people Mm -hmm. do want to be heard. And at some point though, it may feel like you are becoming their therapist. But in reality, if you do feel like they need help, they may very well need help. I have referred many people and most of them, I will say it has been the last 18 months because of COVID. I've referred people to a therapist, like it might help you to talk to somebody outside of our relationship. Yes, I'm a coach, but I'm not trained as a therapist, right? So I think that's really important. Sabina, you mentioned quotes that you love, and this one speaks to me regarding our self-talk. And it's a Jack Canfield quote. It says, your compassion is incomplete if it doesn't include yourself. And I think as coaches, we are so in tune to others and wanting to help others and wanting to make them better that sometimes we forget about ourselves and we're harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else. So for me, it's reminding myself of that self-compassion. And I've
1: had people say to me when I verbalize something that's hard on me, they're like, would you ever say that to someone that you were coaching or to someone else? And I'm like, well, no. And they're like, then why in the world would you say that to yourself? So I think that's exactly spot on. We forget.
2: That's so true. I often catch myself, if I'm having an issue and I don't have anyone to turn to, I have to ask myself, okay, well, what would you tell your best friend if they came to you this this issue? (laughs) You would not be mean to them. So why are you being mean to yourself?
0: Right. Yes. Yes. Ultimately, I think we have to remember too, and I have to remind myself of this, that we can't do it for them, right? We can't want it more for them than they want it for themselves. That and also reminding myself that it all the responsibility is not on me. It takes a village, right? So there's a whole development team of people. They have mentors, they have other coaches, they've got colleagues, their managing director, et cetera. So knowing that reminding yourself that it isn't all your responsibility. You've got a team of people. Okay, let's talk about career path. Sabina, that is a question that you and I get often, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. What are the options? Oh, Where yeah. do I go from here? Yeah how did you
1: fall into this?
0: Right, exactly. And I think you and I both have very interesting career paths. I had a call today, a random call today from somebody in the field saying, I'm looking at making a move and I've kind of followed your career and you've done a lot of different things. Tell me about it. So there's a lot of different roles within the development lane that have potential for future career paths. If you're an activity coach, I think about director of training, director of development, There's over five coaching, CGO, chief growth officer, CDO, home office sometimes is an option for people. Sabina, I think you have a really unique personal story too, in terms of how you got into activity coaching (laughs) and what you've done with it. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So it was a total accident. (laughs) You look back on your life sometimes and you think about these little moments where you could have gone this way or that way. And so our recruiter, I mean, this was in the early 90s, so activity coaching didn't really even exist. We kept what we called the fact finder charts. We counted fact finders. And John, my managing partner at that time, wanted her to focus 100% on recruiting. He's like, we got to get rid of this other piece. And he's like, he was going to give it to another staff person and I literally raised my hand and said, hey, I think I would like to do that. And he was like, okay, whatever. It wasn't <laughs> like he said, I think you have this amazing skill set and I, you'd be a great coach. It was more of about, I'm going to take it away from somebody and throw it up in the air and whoever catches it, whatever. And so that led to 10 years of activity coaching. I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew I was a good listener and I had a fair amount of patience. So that evolved. And then I really loved it. And so I thought, well, I think I can do a better job of it if I leave Northwestern and just do it on my own. So that was 21 years ago. So I've been now doing more coaching the coaches like this. And I think today for activity coaches, there's a lot more thought that goes into hiring that role right, to begin with. So Kyle, you could tell us a little bit about how you got started. And then I think the opportunities, because now You don't necessarily have to have been a producer in order to take on some of the management contracts. The field is wide open in terms of career path now, much, much more so, I think, Heather, than when you and I were were doing it.
0: Absolutely. I think it's amazing that you made a career out of being an expert around the numbers. That's how important it is. And not a lot of people are that ingrained in the numbers and really truly like married to it. They understand it inside and out, right? With a fine tooth comb. I love that. So there's a lot of different stuff that you can do with the role. Kylie, tell us a little bit about your career path. Have you thought about it? You're what now, two and a half, three years in, right?
2: Almost three years in.
0: Yeah. So tell us how you're continuing to grow and how you're expanding your influence and your impact.
2: Yeah. So I love learning and growing. It's one of my favorite things. I'm kind of like Sabina, how she said she gets bored if she's not constantly learning and growing. And that's how I am too. So I think being on this podcast today is a perfect (laughs) example of that because when Heather first presented the idea to me, of course, I was very uncomfortable. I've never been on a podcast before, but (laughs) that's how I knew I needed to say yes, because it's a great experience. And I love. I knew that I would get a lot out of it. That's awesome. As for my career path, that's something I think about a lot. I don't really know where I want to go from here. I feel like I'm just now kind of finding my feet in this role. It's a hard role to get Mm -hmm. used to. Three years seems like a long time, but at the same time, nothing in this business. So but, as our agency, the agency I work for continues to grow. eventually, I won't be able to coach every new rep like I do now. so I would love to help train new coaches,
0: kind of like how both of you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really think the position it comes down to leadership and results, right? So it's not necessarily about role or title. you know, people wonder like, where am I going to go next? What am I going to do? What's the title? what's the job and I think it's more about being a person of influence or a person of impact versus your title or your role. You know, so think big, right? And think about what impact do I want to have? Who do I want to influence? How can I do that? And less about what position currently exists that I need to fit into. That's kind of my mindset on that.
1: And I would agree with that because you're coaching people all the time whether you're doing it intentionally or not. People are always looking to you for how you speak about things, what your mindset is, what are the things that you're doing. And so it's been one of the great joys of my life. And I feel like coaching, being a coach makes you a better person because you have to keep developing yourself because otherwise you can only coach other people to where you are in terms of challenging yourself. So I think it's just, I don't know, I think it's just awesome.
0: (laughs) Ditto. All (laughs) around. (laughs) Kylie, anything else, any parting words of advice for our listeners or anything else you want to add? Oh. I don't know. Well, while you think about that, let's transition to our... Say Say that that again. again, 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 again. Sabina and I are going to share, instead of our, we typically would role play, but we didn't really have much to role play because it's the three of us. So what we wanted to do for our Say That Again segment is share some book suggestions, things that have helped us along the way. One of my favorites is called Coaching Questions, A Coach's Guide to Powerful Asking Skills. It's by Tony Stolzfus. It's S-T-O-L-T-Z-F-U-S. And it's more like a workbook. I keep it out. And it's just a great refresher for really good questions to ask. Sabina, you go next. What's one of your faves? One of my
1: all-time favorites is Becoming a Person of Influence by John John Maxwell. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: it's an oldie but a goodie. I have taught and coached out of that for years. But I have a couple others. Mastery by George Leonard. The thing I love most about it is it talks about being on the plateau and all the things that you learn about being on the plateau, but Mastery by George Leonard, You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy, and Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski, a very appropriate title for today's
0: topic. <laughs> very fitting. One that I would add is Radical Candor by Kim Scott, Kylie's shaking her head, Sabina too, just in terms of giving feedback, such a great resource, so... Any that you can think of, Kylie, that you've read that have been helpful for you? Yes. So Radical
2: Candor is number one, I would say. I also really love The Confidence Code by yeah. Katty K and Claire Shipman. Mm-hmm. It's about women mm-hmm. and confidence. And I yeah. think that is always helpful.
0: Yes. So along those lines, Women in Confidence, I love You've Got This. I forget what the subtitle is. It's You've Got This, A Guide to Trusting Yourself, something along those lines but an excellent book full of really good quotes, inspirational quotes, like Sabina had said, and just really good advice for increasing confidence in your role. So awesome. All right. Well, Kylie, it has been a pleasure having you. I'm so glad you stepped outside your comfort zone and you joined us. You were great. We appreciate all of you. Do something to rejuvenate yourself and energize yourself today. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather
1: and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app.
0: And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.